if you will. And last week we started talking about the life of the lives of judges. So we got through two of them, and we'll get through the the third one tonight. The the sin of Israel, if you will. Um, so tonight, as we look at this in Judges chapter ten, we see Judge Judge uh, Tola verses number one through verses number two, and then Judge Jair. Uh, verses number three through verses number five. And uh, those men served their purpose. They lived, one was 23 years, and the other was, uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, Let me read that. Verses number three through five, the Bible says, and Jair uh, judged Israel 20 and two years. So we're looking at 50 or 45 years of of the good judge, judges that were good, and, and five verses written about them. We talked about that last week. But now we're going to look at tonight in verse number six, what takes place, if you will, the sin of Israel. Immediately after the life of, of Judge Jair, the children of Israel immediately went right back into sin. And uh, we notice in verse number six, so let's read together. Let's read a few verses tonight, and uh, we'll take a couple thoughts here tonight. The Bible says in verse number six, And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord, and served Balaam and Ashtaroth and the gods of Syria and the gods of Zidon, the gods of Moab, the gods of the children of Ammon, the gods of the Philistines, and forsook the Lord and served not him. Man. Why, what in the world was, uh, was going on with these children of Israel? We're going to stop there, and we're going to jump down. We're going to read a couple more verses, but I just want us to look here at this verse for just a second, and then we'll go forward. But in verse number six, you'll see, uh, in my opinion, as you look at this, you see, number one, uh, the sin of Israel uh, did evil again in the sight of the Lord. The children of Israel, on purpose, they chose to live in open, outright sin. And it was something that they did again. Now, as we've studied through the book of Judges, I've not labored a lot on on them, that cycle, the cycle of doing right and not doing right. But this scripture spends from chapter 6 all the way to chapter verse number 18, all the way to the end, talking about the sin of Israel and what happens, they repent and all that takes place. But, but why is it that, that it happens to them, it happens to us? Uh, we draw close to God and then we draw away from God. And we draw close to God and we draw away from God. Uh, the <coughs> a lot of people think if, if a person is, um, is backslidden, they're out doing the wrong thing, living the wrong life. They're not even in church. But ultimately, someone can be backslidden and be in church every Sunday. And someone can be in church every service and be backslidden. And the word backslidden is someone, if there's ever been a time in your life, you've been closer to God than you are right now, then you're backslidden. You've taken a back uh, from where you used to be. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to go away from God. I want to get closer to God. 
But if I'm honest with you, there are times in my life I've not always been closer to God than I have been in my past. And so I want to strive to do that, but I also need to cut out the cycle. We look at the children of Israel and shake our heads and why in the world is Israel doing this again? Are they not God's children? Were they not his own? But again and again and again and again, as, as, as a God, being their God, man, that would be frustrating. Would it not be frustrating to deal with the children uh, that just continue to go right back to the spot? Uh, what is it? Proverbs says that, uh, that the dog that returns to his vomit you know, look, this is exactly what children of Israel did. The judge came along. He got them right. They lived right. They were right. He died. Okay, let's go live like the devil. And immediately they went right back into the sin and they did it again. But if we look at our own lives, do not we sometimes fall in that same category? We'll do right for a good period and then we'll slip off the wagon. and We've got to get back on the wagon and do right and live right and be right. Does it make it right that this takes place? Absolutely not. But it happens. The Bible says a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. So if I've fallen, I need to get back up, but I need to try my dead level best not to slip off the wagon. Because we look at them and we're like, man, they're idiots. Well, look at yourself in the mirror. Look at yourself in the mirror. Look at where you're at. Look at hey, Trenton. I'm talking to myself right now. Look at Trenton in the mirror. Because before I go off and say, well, this person, this person, now Trenton, right here, look me in the eye. What am I doing? You know, how close am I to God? Do I allow things in my life to get me off sidetracked and this and that? Now, look, I need to make sure that Trenton is right. Because we can be judged and we can look at Israel and man, look at those idiots. And we do. I shake my head at them. Why? Did they not see what God did for them in the past? But have we not, can we not look at our own lives and say, well, can you not see what God has done for us in our past? We make those same mistakes. So we need to, I, I personally feel like we need to strive not to run in the cycle. Don't have that cycle. Don't have the cycle of on and off and on and off and on and off and on and off. Evil and wicked and lit, wicked and good and wicked and good. Just, you think we should or we shouldn't? What kind of cycle should we live? Good, evil, evil, evil. It is, our, it is absolutely our choice. And the choice that we make should not be the evil choice. It should not be the wrong choice. But sometimes we do make the wrong choice. Thankfully, we have a righteous God who can forgive us for the wrong choices that we make. But, what do we do? Uh, Repent. Repent. Follow the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Is it right? Is it right that what the children of Israel did was just like the big cycle? No. They should have stayed with the Lord, but they didn't. What, what, what do you think causes people to drift away? Influence, money. Influence, money, power. 
All right. I, I don't think there's a wrong answer here. I'm just asking. What do you think? What, what, what gets you to slip away? I think I'm doing for God and I get caught up and I'm doing for myself and I put it in the name of God sometimes. And, and I if, if you do for self, you're immediately going to slip back. Yeah. You're immediately going to go the wrong direction. You want to say you're doing right and you're doing things for the right reason, but really in time you see it was selfish whenever yeah. what you do and what you build fails. Yeah. How about selfishness? Selfishness? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Being selfish, looking at yourself, making your own. I mean, why do you make the choices you make? Talking about Bluebell, why did you make that choice? <laughs> 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 it's good. It's good. I want that. You know, I mean, i being silly about that, but truly the choices we make a lot of times are going to benefit us. We do benefit. Sometimes we make decisions to help benefit others. We do. But a lot of times when we do make decisions, a lot of times it's that decision that benefits us the most. Children of Israel, but, but I will say this, sin never repays nice. There's never a time that sin is going to repay good. It's never going to do that. The Bible says, "You uh, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, and whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Yeah. When sin, Bible says, when sin is finished, it brings death. And so sin brings death. Uh, what I put in the ground, I'm going to reap. It's not going to be good. If I'm going to reap sin, I'm going to, if I'm going to put, I'm sorry, if I sow sin, if I do sin and do wrong, I'm going to reap wrong. I mean, and it's a simple matter of reaping and sowing. And as a Christian, I don't need wrong coming up in my life. But if I'm going to sow wrong, and that's what happens to the children of Israel, they sowed wrong. Because the very next verse, verse number seven, how many gods do they chase after? It's not just one. They chase after the, the God of the Philistines and the God of Amnon and, uh, and the uh, uh, verse number eight. Uh, Verse number, uh, verse number six, I'm sorry. And they chased after Balaam and Ashtaroth and the gods of Zidon and the gods of Moab. Look, come on. Yeah, I mean, just a bunch of different gods they went after. It wasn't just one. And it cost them. It cost them. Just like it cost us if we live in sin. If I was to take my life, Right now, where I'm at, and I am 36, and if I was to take the next 20 years and live wicked, who would that affect? Me and my wife, right? And I have four kids. But you also have other family. And I have other family. Members and That's right. And whenever you that's right. According to this. That's right. That's right. My two youngest ones have not made a profession of faith. They're lost. And so if I was to decide to live wicked and do wrong and live for evil, I make a choice for my children not to be raised the right way and not to be raised in church, and not to be raised under preaching. That's what I would make a choice for. And I cannot make that choice for my children. I, I know that I have a, 
uh, I have children to make sure that they are raised the right, the right way. I can't leave evil. I cannot d- betray who God wants me to be. I cannot betray that because I have those who are behind me. You are grandparents, everyone, everyone in this room, except for a couple of you. Don't look at me like that, Miss Glenda. Miss Glenda's like, what? Not, not yet, right? Look, uh, your grandparents, and so you cast a shadow. You have children and grandchildren that pass behind you. What, what, are, you, what are you doing? I mean, you, if you decided just to go off and live evil after you've lived your life for God, what would take place? Oh, I'm just going to live for the devil. Who would that affect? Your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, your family, your family, your friends? When the children of Israel decided to live evil, it caused their children to be grown up in evil society, worshiping evil gods, worshiping other gods, and not the true and righteous God because of making a choice not to live right. Children of Israel would come into a new land. He'd tell them not to marry those people because he didn't want the corruption that would come from right. them worshiping the gods that they worship. But in effect, it didn't work. I mean, too many, too many of the Israelites would follow their own path rather than follow God's path. But speaking of children, now children are protected until they reach. Right, right. But what is that age? My opinion? It's when... My opinion? Every child is different. I believe some children reach that age of accountability um, early. I believe there's some people that never reach the age of accountability. And your your children, though, are going to reach ages that some other children don't because... Of the, what you're taught in your home, what you're taught, they come to church. I mean, they're going to reach that age much younger, I think, than a lot of the kids that never darken the door of a church. Right. There's a huge possibility that they make a profession of faith really young. I made a profession of faith at four years old. Yeah. I, I did not get saved at that point because real, I look back at that time, I, I did not. Because I still had doubt. I doubted whether I'd go to heaven or not. But I remember, I remember going to the, at that time we were meeting in a basement of a doctor's office at our church that we, that, uh, we were attending at the time. And I remember having Sunday school class or junior church class. I can't even remember which one it was. And I remember going into a cl- the closet with my, with my Sunday school teacher and bowing my head and praying a prayer at four years old. But I'm going to tell you, I was lost. I, don't, I did not know what it meant to be saved until I was uh, 12 years old. I, I know that I, I was lost. But I had made that profession of faith because of being raised, you know, in it. But age of accountability is different for everybody because um, everyone reaches a different age. I mean, some people can, can get saved. I, I have a preacher friend of mine who, got, who said he got saved at four years old or three years old. And I mean, to me, that's, that's a lot because I, it's hard for me to imagine Lindsay bowing her head and trusting Christ at three years old, you know. But, it would be hard, but we can't do it. No, no. He said he trusted Christ. He trusted Christ, you know. You so. see, peer pressure brings on some kids. 
one kid may reach out accountability and be saved, mm-hmm. but his buddy sees him go up and yep. also confesses and, and so right. he's not really that's right. taking part. And that happens, I think, a lot. Right. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah, sir. Was you just going to say something? Well, I wanted to. <laughs> what was you going to say? Well, you know, we, you know, when God created Eve, okay, the devil beguiled her. Yes. The devil ain't stopped that at all. That's right. And she belonged to God because God created her. She knew no sin. Right. He told her not to, but, I, and I believe that the, the, the serpent is still trying to <coughs> today oh, yeah. to, to make them fall yeah. so that testimony is worthless. That's right. The devil doesn't want us to witness to other people about Jesus Christ. No, he doesn't. And... And we're no better than these people, the Israelites and everything. We're here in, in, in the book. That's right. Because we're beguiled in just a half a second. Like, the same way. Like, that's like our Sunday school lesson Sunday. Reading in Romans where Paul wrote, you know, I'm a sinner. Mm-hmm. I want to do good, but I don't. Right. But yet when I have Christ in my soul, Thank God that I have Christ in my soul, and I live the right. sinless life, right. the life of sinners. But still, we sin. I mean, trying our best. Right. And you, you take a young, you take a young believer, a brand new Christian who just got saved, and uh, someone who's not grounded, um, and immediately Satan is going to attack them, and if he can beguile them and. And get them sidetracked from getting in and getting grounded. He can hurt them. And he can get them out doing things that they should never do. But simply because they've never been grounded. And he's beguiled them. And he's hung, he's hung that low, low-hanging fruit. So they'll, they'll chase that. You know, and, and they'll chase it until, uh, until they face the consequences. They'll, God's children. I mean, everybody in this room, you've chased sin We've all done wrong. We've all done, we've all done things we, we shouldn't have done. We've all said things we shouldn't have said. But look, <clears throat> that's Satan trying to beguile us and trying to get us off, off track. That's what he did with the children of Israel. God's plan was not for them to continue to go back to those other gods. God's plan for us is not to continue to go back into sin and go back into wrong. God's plan for a young Christian who's just got saved, who's just been who's just been saved. It's not His plan for them to go right back into sin. But some hey, Satan's over here beguiling. Hey, come on! He's trying to get their attention so that they can sin and do wrong. And uh, man, it's important. And that's why it's important. The Bible says in Psalms, "Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against Thee." Uh, one of the reasons why we ought to put God's Word in here is so that when He does try to tempt us and He does try to come after us, we can say, wait a minute, Satan. The Bible says I shouldn't say that. The Bible says I shouldn't go there. The Bible says I shouldn't, you know, and so on and so forth. So that we need to put that God's Word in our hearts. These children of Israel 
went off track. There's an interesting statement it makes in this verse. In verse number six, I, we may not even get off of verse number six tonight, but the Bible says, and they forsook the Lord and served not him. Did them choosing to forsake God. I don't know, I don't know the exact definition of forsake. I'd have to look it up. But in my mind, when I see forsake, I'm going to say, I'm going to turn my back on you and walk the other way. That's kind of how I see forsake. That may not be the exact definition, but that's kind of how I envision forsaking. Give up? Give up. Uh Uh-uh. That's one translation. Oh, is that what it is? Walk the other way. Give up. Go the other direction. When they did that, were they still the children of Israel? That didn't change. Were they still God's children? Yes. They were. And they faced the punishment for their choices. God come down on them. And we read that in the next couple of verses, um, that God comes down on them. And they face the consequences because of them choosing to live for other gods. Well, what does it say in the New Testament? He chastises who he loves. Yes. Whom the Lord loveth, he, he chastiseth be times. Yeah. You're not gonna, you will not escape the, the discipline of God. I remember as a kid, you know, sometimes if you ever did something that you, didn't, you knew was wrong and didn't want mom and dad to find out about it, you wanted to hide that so that mom and dad wouldn't find out about it, right? But sometimes if mama was, my mama was like your mama, she saw and knew everything for some reason. I don't know how she knew it, but she did. And you got in trouble anyways because she knew what you did, even though you didn't know that she knew that you saw or did or said, right? She didn't know she what she felt. That's right. And it's just like God. You can't get away with sin. Be sure your sin will find you out. People don't believe that. Oh, I believe it 100%. Be sure your sin will find you out. I do too, but... There, there are some people who do not believe that, but they face a harsh reality that uh, it will come to pass. You will pay for your sin. You will. Uh, <laughs> the law of reaping and sowing does not. Look at verse number seven. The Bible says, and the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. You ever got hot under the collar? mad upset not you good godly Christians out there right God got hot mad upset upset anger Uh, Bible says that the Lord doesn't sin so we know that it was a righteous anger okay so Bible says the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel and he sold them into the hands of the Philistines into the hands of the children of Ammon what did he do you're going to sin. You're going to go chase other gods. You're going to go do whatever you want to do. Well, that's enough. I'm done. All right, come get them. And he sold them as slaves into, into slavery to the Philistines and, and, and to Ammon. So what did he do? He said, I'm done. Verse number eight. And that year they vexed and oppressed the children of Israel. How many years? <coughs> Eighteen years. And all the children of Israel that were on the other side of the Jordan of the Amorites, in the land of the Amorites, which were which is in Gilead, okay? 
So their choice to bow down to these other gods, their choice to uh, bow down to, uh, 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 let's see, in verse number 6, they serve Balaam and Ashtaroth and the gods of Syria and the gods of Zidon, the gods of Moab, the gods of the children of Ammon, the gods of the Philistines, and they forsook God, they turned their back, they gave up, they went the other way, and then God said, wait a minute, stop, 18 years. 18 years they paid because of their sin. Because of forsaking God. Because of bowing down and worshiping idols. Why? Because of their wrong. Every person in here, you will face the consequences for your sin. The Bible says, and this is a verse I, I, I think is talking about death. He says, the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. death. Every sin has wage. All sin has a wage. It is appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. Every one of us die because of sin. Now, based on that, what you've done with Christ will take care of that payment for sin. If you've, if you've taken care of that, then Christ has taken care of your payment for sin. But still, you as a Christian still have to pay for your sin. What do you mean by that? You cannot live an outright Open sin against God without facing consequences by God. God's chastisement. God's chastisement on this earth. You will not, I, I will not face eternal judgment. I will not. I will not face eternal damnation. Uh, hell, I won't do it because I'm born again. I've asked Christ to save me. But I will face judgment on this earth because of sin that I've done on this earth. And if I sin and if I Put sin in the ground, and I sow sin, I will reap that sin. I will pay for the sin that I have in my life. Yeah. I live one way at church and live another way at home. My children will see that. I'll pay dearly for it. We must live pure and holy and righteous before God. I don't want punishment for sin. But every one of us, do we sin? Sure. Yes, we do. But not, we shouldn't. Bible says in 1 John 3, 9, I think it says, it says, uh, whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. What does that mean? That means that we should not live in repetitive, open, outright sin against God. We shouldn't. If we are, we're in the wrong. There's a difference between someone who sins and wants to get right than someone who sins and says, I could care less what God says. That's a scary boat to be in. The children of Israel face the consequences for their sin. 18, 18 years of punishment for their sin. Next week we'll talk about how they got it right. All right, any other thoughts or questions? Any questions? Amen.
Amen. All right, well, let's pray. Lord, I love you. I thank you for tonight.